Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Skill you can train, attitude is a bitch. Someone who's really stuck in victimhood wants their next 10 years to look a lot like their last 10 years. You're going to try to change that. You're better off taking someone with less skill who's hungry. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Our workforce and society is in the process of revolution casting off the archaic slave labor mentality that has been chained to work throughout most of history. And this cycle of conditioning only breaks when the manager says no, instead of offering the deeply craved but seldom asked for salve of accountability to their people. Today we're going to wrap up this series on what people really want by asking a bigger question, what is something your people really need to grow even if they don't want it, and how can you give it to them? I offer a weekly member webcast, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you, too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Harkening back to the um, tragic history of work stuff and the history of slave labor, can you start to see how on on one level, even though I make a big kind of, I ham it up and get dramatic about it. The reason I do that is in part because this goes against thousands of years of conditioning. This is what it takes to break the slave labor mentality. Remember doing a good job and working hard for its own sake, being somehow a way to build character. This is an idea that goes back to the mid-19th century only. Before that, work sucked. And if you had to do it, your life sucked. And you needed to figure out a way to not have to do it. And some of the best ways to do it was to claim you were like, you know, related to some god in one way or another and that you should own land and have other people working for you. That's the history of our world. Right? So this is a kind of revolution where I'm saying cast off your slave labor conditioning. And if you're a boss, your willingness to accept slave labor conditioning. That's where it begins. Because the employee is happy to be the employee victim and say, well, I guess I got to have a job. I have to have a job. And you seem like one of the most benign slave slave owners around. So I guess I'll work for you. Where that has to break is where where the manager says no. And this is what Michael Gerber does in the Emith Manager book. No, you can't work for me. I won't let you. You got to work for you. What's your vision for this job that you have or your department inside my vision? 
So yes, the arrangement is you have to serve my vision. But I'm requiring you to have your own vision inside that vision. Like uh, imagine the king and queen of, of, of a castle, right? And there's the outer walls and they span, you know, whatever, 500 acres. And then there's little domains. You know, there's the blacksmith's domain and there's the swordsmith's domain and there's the farming and, and each of those people, they've got to have their own dreams and it has to fit with the king and queen's dream because that's the nature of the agreement. But they have to have their own dream. So if I were a king in such a situation, and I said, okay, well, you're the, hey, Mr. Smith here, you're the best farmer around. I'm going to give you, you know, this 100 acres here to farm. What's it going to be like? What's your dream? Well, whatever you say, king, you know, you're the boss. I'll do whatever you want. I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's your dream? Because I don't want you to do it for me. Because both of us will lose if you do it for me. You're not going to put in your best and you're going to be miserable and talk shit about me, you know, to the other not disciples, what's the word? People. Plebes. <laughs> plebes. The other plebes, thank you. The other vassals or whatever. I can't remember. The other folks in the kingdom, right? Constituents. God, it makes me crazy, right? I can't think of the right word. Anyway. So say again? Surfs? Surfs. Yeah, that works. That was another word though. Subjects. Thank you, Gabe. That was it. Gabe for the win. So that doesn't work for me. And if he says, well, I really just, I'm all about service and you know, having goals is really hard. Besides, if I had a bunch of goals, I'm already feeling shame about not meeting them. And that would be scary. I'd say, you're fired. I don't care if you're the best farmer in, of all the subjects. I'll find someone less skilled who wants it more. Right? But this is not how people hire. They hire for content skill, usually, not context attitude. Even though hiring for attitude is an old idea. Because skill you can train, attitude is a bitch. Someone who's really stuck in victimhood, wants their next 10 years to look a lot like their last 10 years, you're going to try to change that. You're better off taking someone with less skill who's hungry. How to find that kind of person in an interview is another topic. Maybe we'll talk about one day, but I've done podcasts about it. So I've been talking for a while. Questions, comments? You said a minute ago that the, this idea about working um, to do a good job and to become something better is only about uh, uh, 150, 200 years old. Does that square with what you said in a recent, uh, either a podcast or a, a blog about the people that in, in, in our, in somewhere in our history, people worked for a set of values was the set, working, working for values predate the, 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 the thing about work. And it's a good question. I don't. I, I didn't think about that. The um, living under a set of values. I don't know that that fit into work until the 19th century. Okay. My guess would be that it didn't, because work was seen as just this inherently bad thing that you just had to do. You know, I, I have I have a hard time believing that you know one people would conquer and enslave another people, and that other people who were devout Christians, Muslims, Jews, whatever they were. We're thinking, okay, well, we're slaves now building this pyramid. We might as well use it as a vehicle for our spiritual uh, 
advancement. I'm sure some people did, but most of them probably were like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Because the cultural conditioning around work was bigger. Okay. But that's a really great insight, insightful question, because now we have the opportunity to put the two together, right? You can live under a set of values, whatever your values are. They're going to have to fit into the business's values if it's someone else's business. But you can have your subset of values and you can use work to embody those values better. I mean, think about it. This has not been possible in the history of human consciousness. This hasn't been possible. (laughs) I keep wanting to disagree with you and there's nothing to disagree with. Now that's now Thank you know you for so, owning that authority. I know, I, I know because this is, I'm sorry to burst in with that, but I'm realizing some things <laughs> lately. Anyway, it's very much in my nature not to want to agree with this kind of thing. And it's very, it's very much in your nature. What to not want to agree with this kind of thing? No, it's in the nature of your conditioning. Okay, yeah. Calling that your nature gives it a lot of power, Sam. Be careful. Okay, thank you. Um, cer- certainly my conditioning has, has brought that about. And holy cow, if there's just not really a lot to argue with today. Sam, are you, is this um, get you jazzed up though? <laughs> well, it's a funny thing for me because I see, I intellectually understand it and I see the progress that I make through enacting these things. But I still have some kind of like latent resentment when people tell me how things are. This is weird. So sometimes I'm right, right? Because there are people in the world who are full of it. Sure. Sometimes they're not. But my go-to is definitely not to dig it. Well, Sam, if it makes any difference to you, uh, I have that part in me that thinks that about me and what I teach as well. I spent about a half an hour talking to my therapist last night, um, hoping she would tell me I was wrong about some things that I really wished I was wrong about, that I wasn't wrong about. Wrong about. So reality is a bitch. <laughs> you don't have to like it. You don't have to jump in whole hog plus postage. Like Michael Weber used to say, I love that expression it will patiently wait for you to come around to it. Um, but the sooner you do, the better it is for you. And hey, you can, you can always go back, you know, you can always go back to the old way of, you know, dragging yourself through work and resenting life and bosses or whatever that is for anyone. You know, with any change that you're making, you know, just try it out, right? That's why Clear Workspace says try it on so many times. Just try it on. I don't want people to believe anything that I'm saying. I just make a compelling argument, not so that you'll believe it, so that you'll try it and see for yourselves. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Half of what I stuff, I, half of what I say, I don't know if it's absolutely true. I'm tr- experimenting and trying this stuff out too. If you have employees, spend some time deeply thinking about what they need deeply thinking about what they need, not what they want, not not what they say they want. What do they really need as people to grow? And sketch a plan to give it to them. And this could be just a couple of sentences. Now, I haven't spoken explicitly about it today, I don't think. But accountability is something that people need but don't want. 
Accountability is something that people need but don't want. So often when people, when managers avoid accountability, they're giving themselves what they want, which is avoiding an uncomfortable conversation. They're giving the employee what they want, which is to be let off the hook. But the manager's not getting what they need. The business isn't getting what they need. And the employee's not getting what they need because they're not growing. Or they don't belong in that job and there's a, their dream job is you know, next door waiting for them to show up. You know, Firing someone is a great example of giving someone what they need, not what they want. But it is what they need. And most of the time, people eventually get that. I've been fired more than a couple of times. It was what I needed every time. Would I have chosen it? Did I enjoy it? No. But I'm so glad it happened because it's what I needed. And that's what a mature human being can do. They can surrender to what they need. Children, you have to say, no, you can't have the ice cream until after you eat the broccoli because they can't discern between need and want. So the parent does it for them. Where are you still acting like a child? Where you want your ice cream first. We all have it. I have it. I work on it every day because, like I was just saying to Sam, I'm accountable to following my own teaching. So I can't eat my ice cream first. Because then the teacher starts saying, You're completely out of integrity. What would all the people in the Thursday webcast say if they saw you right now? Oh, crap. Sketch a plan to give it to them. If you don't have employees who work for you, ask yourself that question What is it that you really need? where you're pretending you want something else? Where are you substituting a deep need for a more superficial want? This, by the way, is what addiction is. Television, binge-watching, drugs, alcohol, sugar, whatever it is. It's, it's a temporary high that relieves the essential itch of the deeper need. And if you resist that temptation... Every religion and spirituality has a version of this. And Christianity, it's a lot about resisting temptation. If you resist that and get curious and go, oh, I'm craving sugar right now. Oh, I'm craving chocolate right now. What is this really about? If you eat the sugar, you will not find out. What is it really about? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.